Hello, everyone. It is Free Kayla, the host of the Big Kids Podcast, a podcast that encourages you to ask strangers in the grocery store really rude questions. We're here trying to figure out something about adulthood. Who knows what it is because we're all confused and our parents failed us. Okay, so I'm just going to be the first person to say it. I'm sorry, I've been gone. I have no reasonable excuses other than the fact that this is my podcast, so technically I'm allowed to do whatever I want, but also I feel like I owe it to the people that have continued to listen because I just went and checked my stats and I'm actually blown away by the fact that there has been this many listens even in my absence. So you know what? I'm going to give in to what the people want and I'm going to keep on blabbering. I'm going to keep on blabbering and posting it on the internet. That is my one goal in life. Now, I just want to come out and say that a lot has happened this year and a lot has happened in my absence. We bought a house and we moved and that was a move for sure. It has truly shown me that I am nothing less than a hoarder. And uh, there's been other things too. We went on a couple trips and we've been out and about and... I really haven't gotten around to saying anything on this podcast, even though maybe I should have, because a primary part of this is finances, and I've been doing financial things, as well as just financial things are happening. The economic world is absolutely insane, but I want to give a disclaimer as we go into season two. We've just decided this is season two. It is what it is. All right, rebrand. Let's go. But as we go into season two, I want, I've been feeling this year has been a lot more uh, personal and I don't know if like I would consider it a spiritual journey or just like a finding myself journey, but I'm coming to realize that there is a lot to being a human being and to living that goes beyond just finances and my personal interest of money, 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 money. Ain't it funny? I am also a figure that posts intimate details of my life on the internet, and I have absolutely no problem with doing that. I think that it keeps me from doing it to the people in my actual life, so then I don't just, I'm not constantly just being an absolute narcissist. But for full disclaimer, I want to say that in the beginning of the year, I went through a surgery for my hernia, and if you know anything about Canadian healthcare, it, it took me about 10 years to get in. And after that surgery was done, it was in the midst of my grandma being in hospice care and she had passed away. It was about four months that she was in the hospice. And this really, you know, I've, I've been very lucky to go 24 years of my life and not experience any extreme loss. But I think maybe when you don't experience or come to terms or understand death to at least some instance, I was totally blindsided by how immeasurable grief is. Like I I wasn't expecting that. I don't know what I thought. I always had this opinion, like it's the circle of life, you know, everything's time comes to an end. And no, it threw me into such a breakdown. I have spent the past year being like, what is the purpose of even existing? And it was really hard. And then I also want to add that I tried to quit smoking and I used a certain prescription drug that you can Google on the internet that, you know, the pharmacists never really mentioned the absolute psychosis that comes with it. 
So it was a pretty rocky start to the year. And then I had a very lovely ADHD diagnosis, which makes sense because, you know, I've always considered myself a jack of all trades, a master of none. But by jack of all trades, it means anything goes. Zero impulse control. So that was very eye-opening and made a lot of sense. It really put into perspective why I moved to Florida with only three weeks of preparation. And it made a lot of sense for a lot of other things in my life. And of course, I I like a, a certain lack of impulse control because I think it makes life exciting. And I've decided that the past couple of years are going to be my yes years where I'm saying yes to anything, even if it's uncomfortable. I am a yes man at this point in my life while still trying to set healthy boundaries. But that definitely was quite the beginning to 2022 and 2023 so far has been a lot uh, calmer. I've had a lot more time to reflect and just do whatever. But I, one thing, because this is still, I still want to bring a core component to this podcast as it's always been is finance. And one thing that I've gotten really interested in over the past year that I wanted to kind of delve into deeper is financial behavioralism and how our relationship with money and how we're raised really affects the way that we deal with money. And I'm starting to notice it more in my own life. And looking at my finances through the lens of what is my relationship with money, how am I dealing with money, has been really eye-opening to understand even just the habits of saving, the habits of preparing for the future. You know, there's a lot of people that in past generations, especially the oldest generation right now, They had a very survivalist mentality around money, where the younger generation, Gen Z, has some of the highest spending power and is a lot more willing to spend money, quite balls to the walls, to say. So let's get started. And before we jump into this, I should probably reintroduce myself because you're probably wondering, who is this creaky woman? What is this creaky woman voice that's speaking in my head? And I am the woman voice. I'm Kayla, and I like to talk about finances and growing up and the uncomfortability of adult life and how things change and the drama that comes with being a human being. And I never really, I, I have some expertise. I know, I know my fair share of finances. And I think especially for this season, I'm going to be focusing on behavioralism a lot more and just our general psychology, not only to do with money, but also to do with growing up. I've been learning about the brain. I've been learning about financial behavioralism. I just got myself a sweet little certificate so that I could have a little bit authority to speak on the subject. It's really interesting. I just want to start, I just want to get into it, honestly, talking about financial behavioralism because it's really interesting. And post-COVID and as Gen Z is turning into adults, it's incredibly interesting what the data is showing us about how the young generation is not only investing, but how we're relating to our finances. We have such high spending power and we also have easy access to digital finances. We have our banking apps on our smartphones and we're able to invest through like Robinhood and Wealthsimple. And it's easy for us to engage in investing and to play with our money. And we like spending our money. We know that. We know that the youngest generation currently that has spending power likes to spend. And there's other things that play into that, like how big capitalism is. We we know about that. I found this research piece that ICSB had put on their blog. 
And it came from a study that Barclays Smart Investor did looking at Gen Z and how Gen Z invests and how they focus really on short-term investments and are hoping for high returns, which is something that wasn't as common in previous generations. You know, we see old people sitting on their stocks still, that it's their whole life. And a lot of them don't want to pull their money. They were a lot more risk averse when it came to investing, which is really interesting, actually, as a side note, because Gen Z is a lot more risk averse in general. I'm Just let me Google this study before I start giving false information. The I found it. The Social Production of Financial Inclusion of Gen Z in Digital Banking Ecosystems. This came from Binary University of Management and Entrepreneurship, and it was by D. Kangwa. And it's really interesting because other information has came out about Gen Z and risk aversion, really low rates of teen pregnancy and drug usage and alcoholism in comparison to a lot of past generations. And I think a part of that, from personal hypothesis, is just the fact that the world seems so daunting and things are so scary. So, And we're highly educated. We have so much information so accessible. This is the internet generation. But when it comes to banking and finance and investment, the scope of risk aversion is a lot different than just general risk aversion, which I don't really have any set reason for why this is, but I think it's really interesting. So if you like case studies, go check that one out because there's a lot of really interesting information that came from that case study. Either way, boring, blah, 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 case studies, blah. But speaking of boring case studies, I did us a solid today and I skimmed through a case study that was released by the Journal of Financial Therapy called Money Beliefs and Financial Behaviors, Development of the Clones Money Script Inventory. And this, this is some pretty solid information that came out of this. Because today I want to focus on our parents' relationship with money as well as just the defining factors that affect how we deal with money, especially as we're walking into a recession. And don't be worried about this recession. There's a lot that you can't do about it, but there's a lot for yourself personally that you can do about it. And I think it's really important to look at our relationship with our parents as well as our relationship with money as well as just our future goals. So I'm going to go through a few things that was touched down on this case study and we're going to talk about it. So there's three categories that this touched down on, and the first one is money worship. So this is the idea that more money is going to make things better, and it's a really common belief among North Americans is one of the main things that it touches down on. People in this category believe a very common notion that the more money that you have, the easier life is going to be, you know? money buys happiness, that kind of mindset. And this is really common, uh, especially among North Americans, where we are so focused on making more money because we think it's just going to dissolve the problems around us. So this was the first category. The second category that came out of this was money status. So money is status. These are people that are concerned with the association between money and self-worth. So their net worth and their self-worth correlate. These are the people, according to the study, that see very clear socioeconomic classes. They are very aware of who's low income, who's middle income, who's high income, and where they fit into all of those categories on a sliding scale. The last category was money vigilance. So these are people that are shamed, ashamed about their money. They maybe grew up in a household where it's rude to talk about finances, and there's a level of secrecy when it comes to what they're doing with their money. of the people that fell into this category reported that they lied to their spouses about the cost of a purchase. 40% expressed that they felt it was okay for spouses to not share financial information with each other. And 
half of these people thought that talking about finances was a sensitive topic in their households. I felt like I had forgot one as I was recording this and I did. So it's a good thing. I'm just going to keep the case study up so that I'm not paraphrasing anything. But the another piece that they had was money avoidance. So people that believe that money's just bad, uh, that they think that they don't deserve money. They have a lot of anxiety around money, a lot of disgust with even the topic of it, and a lot of fear gets stirred up when discussing money. You might be wondering, Kayla, why are you telling me all of this boring information and statistics on things I don't care about, but you should care about them? Because this was my preliminary introduction to the Clones money script. I feel like it is my responsibility as somebody who is giving you information to give you as much information as possible so that you can make informed decisions, especially when it comes to money. So Brad Klontz was kind of a thought leader for financial therapy, and he came up with this idea of the money script. So money scripts are your unconscious beliefs about money. They're often rooted in your childhood, your upbringing, and they affect your adult behaviors and perspectives, especially when it comes to money. And those four categories I just told you about, the money avoidance, money worship, money status, and money vigilance are all of the scripts that are categorized under this test. On ClarityWealthDevelopment.com, they kind of highlighted 10 really popular money scripts that people say. So I'm going to go through them and you can just let your thoughts float. One, more money will make things better. Two, money is bad. Three, I don't deserve money. Four, I deserve to spend money. Five, there will never be enough money. Six, there will always be enough money. Seven, money is unimportant. Eight, money will give me meaning. Nine, it's not nice or necessary to talk about money. Ten, if you are good, the universe will supply all of your needs. I think I'm going to make this a two-part piece, but I actually want to go through the test with you guys for myself and go through it and go through the findings and be as honestly as authentic as I can be with my answers. I'll also link the test that I'm doing on this podcast description so that you can go and do it. And then I actually want to do the second part, kind of going through a bit of that and like looking into it a little bit deeper and trying to unpack the baggage that we might have from childhood in relation to our our general relationship with money. So let's get started. So this test is made up of questions. Uh, one is being strongly disagree. Six is being strongly agree. And I'm just going to go through my answers. The first question is, I do not deserve a lot of money when others have less than me. So I'm actually going to answer this one as a four, just a general agree, because as you might know, I spent a lot of time in Haiti. And I think that sometimes coming face to face with poverty in that way can change the way that you view money because you can see how much disparity there really is. So this one is just going to be a four. That's a four for me. The next question is, rich people are greedy. Well... I guess it depends on what your mindset is for a rich person. Like I think anyone under a million dollars a year is a rich person, but I don't necessarily think I have enough insight to say that they're greedy. But when I think of people like Jeff Bezos and, you know, the billionaire trillionaires of the world, then I'm like, that's that's greed at its core. So I'm going to also put this one at a four. The next question is people get rich by taking advantage of others. Okay, so I, I was not expecting this. This is also a yes and no. It really depends on what your idea of rich is. And uh, I'm going to put this as a three. I'm not going to agree or disagree with that. Good people should not care about money. Mm -mm, Strongly disagree. That is a one from me. 
I do not deserve money. That, that is also a one. I do think that I deserve money. It is hard to be rich and be a good person. I don't know that there is anomalies that come in that. I think that it you can become really out of touch depending on what your riches are. I need a baseline here. Give me a second and let me think about what my baseline for a rich person is. Okay, I couldn't think of a baseline. I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around what I personally consider to be a rich person. I'm going to put this one as a three as well. It's I'm leaning towards the disagree side. The less money you have, the better life is. I'm going to put that as a two. I don't really agree with that. Money corrupts people. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Four. I think it can. I don't agree entirely. Being rich means you no longer fit in with old friends or family. Strongly disagree. Like, get a personality. Things would get better if I had more money. Uh, four. I think so. I don't think that things are bad, but... More money will make you happier. I'm going to put that as a four as well. I think that I don't think happiness and money entirely correlates, but I do think it takes off a lot of pressure of other things. It is hard to be poor and happy. Strongly disagree. As I said, I was in Haiti. You can never have enough money. Uh, two. I disagree with that. Money is power. Well, yeah, I'm going to put that as a five because that is just a fact. Money would solve all of my problems? No. Solid therapy would. Money buys freedom? I'll put that as a five. I think yes, it does. Most poor people do not deserve to have money. Ew. What a horrendous, disgusting thought. Strongly disagree. If you have that opinion, I need you to rethink that. You can have love or money, but not both. Why? Strongly disagree. What is that concept? I will not buy something unless it's new. Strongly disagree. I would like to say that my house that we just purchased, my house, my house that we just purchased, it, it it's an old, it's an old boy. So I fully disagree with that. Poor people are lazy. Strongly disagree. Also a mind-blowing concept. Money is what gives life meaning. No. It can give some people meaning, but I'm going to put that as a two because that might be some people's passions, but it definitely does not give life meaning. Your self-worth equals your net worth. No, unless like you think it does, but I'm putting strongly disagree for that. If something is not considered the best, it is not worth buying. No, mm -mm. I go, no. People are only as successful as the amount of money they earn. Strongly disagree. I can't. Wow. Okay. You should not tell others how much money you have or make. Strongly disagree. I like transparency. It is wrong to ask others how much money they have or make. Uh, some people think it's wrong. I personally don't. I strongly disagree with that. I ask people about their money all the time and I'm not trying to be rude. It's just it is what it is. Money should be saved, not spent. I'm neither agree nor disagree. You only live once, but also saving is nice. It is important to save for a rainy day. Strongly agree. That's a six for me. People should work for their money and not be given financial handouts. I don't know. That's not really my place to say. These are such like structured, intense thought patterns. I'm going to say two. I disagree. No. Yeah. I disagree with that because I don't care if you get a handout. Good for you. I would be a nervous wreck if I did not have money saved for an emergency. No, I don't know. Three, I don't, not really. 
You should always look for the best deal before buying something, even if it takes more time. <laughs> Strongly agree. You know me. Extreme cheapskate. Yes. It is extravagant to spend money on oneself. No, strongly disagree. Why? That's like all I spend money on is myself. It is not okay to have more than you need. I disagree with that. I don't know why it wouldn't be okay. There will never be enough money. Uh, two, I disagree with that. If someone asked me how much I earn, I would prefer, I would probably tell them less than I actually do. No, I would just tell them the truth. I will never be able to afford the things I really want in life. One, strongly disagree. I think I will. Most rich people do not deserve their money. I don't know. That's another one where I just don't think that's for me to say. I'm putting that as a three. If you cannot pay cash for something, you should not buy it. Okay. So now we're getting into some Dave Ramsey thinking. I don't know. Pers for me personally, if I can't pay cash for something, yeah, I think that I personally should not buy it. But that's just my opinion for my own life. So... I'm going to put a three. There is virtue in living with less money. Like, yeah, but it's not a fundamental thought in my life. So I'm just putting that in the middle. I don't know. And the hard, the thing that I'm having a hard time with these opinions is that it's a lot like on other people and your opinions of how other people deal with their money and not necessarily your own. Okay. It is okay to keep secrets about money from your partner. Eh, wrong. Strongly disagree. It is not polite to talk about money. Strongly disagree. If you have money, someone will try to take it from you. What? At two? I don't agree with that. That, okay. It depends on who you are. Like, maybe if you have a family that's like, give me all your cash, then yeah, but... Okay, I would be embarrassed to tell someone how much money I make. Strongly disagree. I don't make a lot of money, but meh. As long as you live a good life, you will always have enough money. Four? Yeah, I, I could agree with that. You can't trust people around money. This is so skeptical. You can't trust nobody around money. Like, are these real belief? I guess. I don't know. I think my dad thinks like this. So there is the point of this whole test. Now you're starting to really think about the effects. I'm going to say three because I don't necessarily not agree with that. Rich people have no reason to be unhappy. Strongly disagree, man. Grief? What? If you are good, your financial needs will be taken care of. I don't agree with that. I don't think that there is like the good will be treated good and the bad will be treated bad. That sense of justice does not exist. Rich people take their money for granted. I don't know. I, I'm just going to put that right in the middle because I don't know. If someone asked me how much I earned, I would probably tell them I earn more than I actually do. No, strongly disagree. You cannot be rich and trust what people want from you. Uh, strongly disagree. Just choose your circle well. It is hard to accept financial gifts from others. Mm, I disagree. I like, give me money. I'm okay with that. Okay, so that was the end of it, and I'm going to get my results very shortly. So I've actually come to realize that this 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 was a long recording. After doing that test and talking about things, this was a long recording. So I'm actually going to share my results with you in part two. So go check it out. It might be up. It might not be up. You're going to find out. And then in the next episode, we'll also kind of talk a bit more about these behaviors and kind of do maybe some wishy-washy looking back on childhood and reminiscing and doing a little bit of self-guided therapy together. I will see you next time. And thank you for listening. I love you.